Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham. Now, my next guest describes himself as the man that should be dead. And that's because Carl Loco was once London's number one gang leader. By the age of just 16, he'd been shot at cut in the face and stabbed in the chest and yet now age 29 he's being heralded as the man who may just be able to help turn the tide on the epidemic that is knife crime he's turned his life around to such an extent it's quite incredible he's a poet an influencer a community champion he's also recently become a proud father prepare to be inspired by this remarkable man. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Carl Locker. Look, I didn't expect to meet a former gang member from Brixton in a swanky Mayfair members club. What are we doing here? I mean, it's beautiful. I'm not complaining. This is a magnificent setting. <laughs> I'm actually, to make it even a bit of a weird orbit, I'm actually a founding member here. Ooh. So, yeah. Get <laughs> you. Very nice, very nice. But yeah, no, do you know what it's, I've kind of learnt to harness London. I am London, you know, so I will actually move from here. I've got a six o'clock in Brixton and that will be a very different setting <laughs> but it's still very much London yeah. you know so I'm just yeah I am London so how would you describe yourself I particularly like ex caterpillar yeah. on your social media yeah. but you are a community champion first and foremost actually I should say you're a father yes that, and congratulations yes. on that so that much. is amazing more of that later but you're a poet mm-hmm. you're a, a former gang member that's changing lives for the better now Are you all of those things, or is there one thing that kind of sums it all up? The word I have for it, I don't get to use it really, but I'll just call it a lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because even in my old life, the one that was a bit more sketchy, yeah, um, even though it was a misguided love, it was still love nonetheless. And that's what made me effective there, and that's what makes me effective today. And that spans from 
my service in the community to the love for what I do in terms of the poetry to the love of my son. So, yeah, I'm a lover, man. I can't um, pretend to have any kind of direct experience of them, but certainly this idea of a sense of belonging and a sense of of love, of needing to feel part of something is what often drives young men and women to become part of gangs. Is that something you agree with? I mean, it is the bedrock. Like, so... (laughs) A lot of the time, people kind of see when they hear the word gangs, they just feel like, I don't know, some feral kids with pitchforks, mm-hmm. just kind of, they all kind of born kind of rotten eggs, you know, and they just have a gene for, you know, mischief and they're just banding together because they want to make other people's lives worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the complete opposite of that. So, that sense of belonging was that need for belonging was obviously in you what was missing in your life do you think because certainly from hearing you speak before yeah you had pretty steady upbringing Absolutely. you know two decent parents yeah. mum's a teacher yeah, and hard working yeah. Yeah. yeah and and how about your dad was he kind of present was, yeah he was very present you know my dad was actually like he was the envy of other dads i mean other mums to say because he was really hands-on my dad you know and especially for like you know let's say the west african culture it's one more where you know the dads aren't as hands-on you know but my dad was yeah he was the (laughs) opposite of that you know from ghana from ghana yeah Yeah, he always boasts of how my pacifier was his bottom lip you know know, so he's just yeah so yeah he's just a dude you know and um they supported me you know cared for me I didn't come from a generic backdrop of, you know, absent father, mother and the substance. Mm. That wasn't the case at all. Mm. But then the reality was that the environment, the community in which I was being brought up in, Mm. things was happening, you know. And, yeah, you kind of adapt, you know. It's like, sorry, if we were the sum total of everything we got in our homes, we wouldn't be <laughs> the people we are today. You know, no one is the sum total of just what they receive at home. Yes, that can give you a part of it, you know, but you find the other parts, you know, in your locality, in your peer group, you know, um, through your, I don't know, your interests, you know. And, yeah, growing up in Brixton, <laughs> it did add a part. <laughs> so, so were you... Do you think you were vulnerable to predators or do you think you were looking for something? I think it's a bit of both, Mm. you know, it's definitely a bit of both. I don't want to put it like as if, um, you know, kind of like the Pied Piper came, played Mm. the flute and had all us kids kind of, you know, Mm. um, leaving our homes and entering the sewers. It's not, it wasn't that, but definitely there were those that um, lived the life in a way that made it very attractive Mm. you know and then there would also be a stigma that you would receive when you're not involved Mm. you know so that in itself would just create a sort of pressure you know and (laughs) we say about guns and drugs being the issue guns and drugs are a byproduct you know they're not really an issue unless you've got addicts and you've got violent users and carriers of these weapons you know so what are, what is creating addicts? What is creating violent um, members of society? And I would I, I would say it is the fragments of it, you know? People try to kind of fill voids in ways that they feel is 
I don't know, effective, but it's not really when you look at it, it seems like a good idea, you know, and then eventually you realise that even though it might give you a momentary kind of escape, you know, that Rome breathe be, you know, you get that escape um, in the long run, you know, maybe not even that long a run, you know, you realise that how destructive it is, you know, so, yeah. Do you think when kids have got space, you know, they can push physical boundaries and when they haven't they try and push boundaries in different ways maybe absolutely i mean all right taking space yeah i want to trade space at this moment with power Mm. yeah and one thing i did realize and i felt a lot is powerlessness Mm. i felt powerless i was the son of um illegal immigrants you know that would have to tread in a certain way. You know, the aim is to be seen and not heard, you know? And I could tell when my mother or father, sorry, being a migrant to this country, would maybe get on the phone to someone that was indigenous from this country. Yeah. Their voices changed. They're trying to put in their best, I've got a passport voice, you know? <laughs> like, don't, don't deport me, you know? And I would see, and it was always coming from a, a tender place and I don't mean tender in terms of loving but tender in terms of bruised you know vulnerable uh, like an aching you know and um yeah it just all kind of spoke powerless Mm. you know and you kind of get creative at a way that you're going to attain power Mm. to feel powerful Mm. you know and there was almost nothing like gangsterism when it came to feeling powerful Mm. So, yeah, you can just kind of, yeah, you can become, you know. And and was there a sense that you were above the law because you felt, did you feel protected from the law? Did you feel almost detached from society? Detached, absolutely detached. That's where the us and them comes in hugely. As I said, (laughs) so what happens is that there are certain triggers Mm. that we then run with. But I remember quite early on, when the actual police service would come to kind of serve the community, mm. they wouldn't serve our community, but they would be a police force when they come to our community. We've never witnessed a police service. That doesn't happen. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that happens in so Chelsea. a very different approach yeah, yeah, to policing. Yeah, very different. You know, so and then that reinforced the them and us. This is what was. Right. So that's what actually triggered it for me initially. Right. You know, because... Um, just their language and just the um, mm. yeah, just the way they would um, approach me, you know, right. and how they would deal with me. Right. So then they might stop me and ask me for my name, or yeah. you know, and I'll tell them my name, and they might make a statement, you know. And in yeah. the statement, it might be like, um, like maybe like London scum, when they would kind of manhandle us from time to time, they would basically be just very aggressive, mm. you know, and that aggression kind of spoke for society you know time you did you ever feel a valued member of society did you ever feel like you belonged yes yes Yes. i had a very this one this is it's almost why i think my return to society Mm. was aided by these initial seeds is that i was um always considered a gifted and talented child Mm. you know so um my um duran primary school was awesome in terms of as far as primary schools go and this is in brixton this is in brixton but yeah yeah it was weird i can't remember the setup but 
it was a Victorian school yeah. and we had like our own astral turf, swimming pool. It was just other schools never had that in the yeah. area. And also like the school in there, the quality of it was unreal. And they kind of sieved out some really high performance. And I was one of three in the year. So they actually allowed us to sit our SATs, year nine SATs mm. in year six. You know, so and I ended up getting what you'd get in an extension paper in year nine, in year six, you know. So, like, I was diagnosed a child genius. I have to stay behind after school for further maths, further science. And this extended till I got to, like, year seven as well, year eight. And schooling was just really easy for me because um, if you tell me a sentence, a date, a fact, I can regurgitate it. My parents looked at me like a meal ticket. Like, I mean, like, they genuinely, I could see it in their eyes, even at that young age. I could see they were putting all of their hopes. We got ourselves a we pension. Got ourselves a pension. <laughs> He's going to look after us. Yeah. Because they believed in this meritocracy. They believed yeah. it existed, you know? Yeah. And I did. Because of their belief, I kind of believed yeah, it too, yeah. you know? But eventually that began, began to unravel. Yeah. I started to actually see that the game. Well, because you felt oppressed by other forces. Yeah, and because and I be- things were out of your control. Yeah, I began right. to become like aware. Yeah. Like awareness kind of tipped in, you know? Mm. Some of it obviously is um, misconstrued, you know? But some of it is sound, you know? Yeah. That there is the, the disadvantages and there's, you know, real kind of things. But yeah, but initially I did feel like a member of society because of schooling, you know? But then. Um, I had to kind of do the maths and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm what, 10, 11, 12, this problem's still persisting. I'm like, I'm 13 now. I'm going to be at home to, let's say, maybe what, 21? And I'm like, all right, cool. So 14, 15, 16, I'm like, that's a bit too long to live <laughs> under this kind of anxiety and this flux and this stigma and feeling like, you know, just vulnerable. I might be oversimplifying it, but is there any sense that it was kind of, if you can't beat him, join him? Absolutely. And I didn't even have the channels. I know it is. It's a, it's honestly, it's, I didn't even have the channels. I wasn't even deemed kind of cool enough to even join them initially. So I made my own gang. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you, in this whole process, feel, once you were part of the game, did, did, was that, did that vulnerability fade? Did you feel start to feel bulletproof? Did you start to Absolutely. feel immune, if Absolutely. you like, from... Absolutely. Till today, um, I have maybe a complex. I might call it a complex, yeah. So, so even though you saw two of your friends die, yeah. you still didn't feel that you were vulnerable no. to that? <clears throat> no. Um, I saw more than two, but no. The two close ones yeah, to you, and, but, ones. but you saw plenty more. Yeah. I mean, plenty of things have happened to you. You've yeah. been stabbed and cut. So, and it, yeah. tell, at no point did you feel, oh, this is it? This is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you? No, yeah, yeah, at one point, yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, I was actually at the memorial of a young man that had actually died like that was almost his one year anniversary basically yeah. um not for marriage but you know like um yeah so at his memorial and it was in the lambeth area um but this area the young man actually wasn't from my locality you know mm. he was also part of a different gang but my friend was actually his friend and my friend wanted to pay his respects mm. so um yeah so He's kind of asked, can I follow him? I've said, yeah, we went up there. Um, it all seemed to be going okay until it dawned on me that actually one of the young, the young men that had passed, the young man, sorry, that had passed, his cousin had actually had a conflict with my friend that had asked me to follow him up there. And then, yeah, altercation kind of um, arised. And, um, so then I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, that's a bit of an issue. And we're in their ends, they would call it, their area. And then I'm like, we're outnumbered, we're literally outgunned because we don't even have a, f- a firearm on us, you know. Um, got, like, maybe a knife each. Um, and I'm just like, all right, cool. So I was feeling really, pride was getting to me. This whole thing's ego, was pride. Mm. You know, and I'm like, we're sat inside at this moment and it's eating me because they're outside and people want, like, they basically want a, a, a conversation to talk, you know? So we're kind of there and it's really eating up my friend as well, you know? And then a girl that went to our primary school who was actually a girlfriend, the prior girlfriend of the deceased came up to us and was like, listen, you guys, don't worry, don't be scared. And uh, that's just the wrong words to kind of say to... So then... <laughs> My friend has basically said, listen, mate, I'm going outside. I know you've been wanting to go outside, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you now. Like, do you want to go on? Like, Absolutely. Went outside. That actually ended up getting put to bed, weirdly enough. But we didn't want to put it to bed because at that time we were kind of at the top of the Premier League. Right. You know, so just to show where we were is the fact that there's two of us in their area slipping, what we call that like, outnumbered and all the rest of it and outgunned but yet they wanted to still kind of broker a truce just to kind of show you like what space we were occupying at the time 
So, but even so, because of the space we're occupying, I felt like a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Blimmin' heck, I didn't want to give no truths, like, you know. So then anyway, some of my friends came into the area. One of them that was actually driving was the one that died like a year later after that, getting shot twice in the head. Um, so yeah, they've come up and we actually thought they had something in their car. Cut a long story short, another group, not like I say a group, it's only two of them, came past the car walking in the fashion that I really didn't like. I just ended up telling them that, hey, I was in a totally different headspace then, so something like that would just really grieve me, you know? And I just kind of had to always say something, tried to basically approach him. Um, a Chrome 9 got pulled out on me. I sobered up, was like, my days, look, there's a Chrome 9, I'm like a, a, a firearm, pulled out a firearm on me, a 9mm, and then I'm like, my days, look, firearm, but then that voice that usually comes again, that I'm me, I'm locks, that's what they used to call me, kill me, live where, like, you know, like I just, that kind of, that, I don't know, that bravado, whatever you call it, that voice, you know. Um, that kind of sprang back to action and I'm like, listen, I started pushing on these guns like, well, you're not a murderer and then um, his friend brought out his firearm now there's two kind of crumb, I know, and then the, by this time the whole kind of um, um, the, everyone that was in the hall kind of trying to celebrate, this, not celebrate but you know pay yeah. respects for this, then I'm outside watching women are crying oh you know, it just looks like it's about to be the scene of a like, blue tape, you know yeah. And, um, yeah, they just had no choice but to start discharging because I was just pushing on their guns, insulting them. And then they just, yeah, cut a long story short, that day, the amount of times they kind of, they emptied their clips out of me. And I was convinced I was dead. That's the one time. And I was really upset because I was like, I lied to my mum. I used to say with such confidence, my mum would be like, listen, what you're doing is breaking my heart and... The worst thing can be for a parent to bury her son. Yeah. You know, don't make me bury you. And I always used to kind of say with that kind of, I don't know, that confidence. <laughs> like, listen, you're not going to be burying yeah. me, you know. Sorry. And I just felt like my days, I lied to her. She yeah. is going to bury me, you know. Yeah. And that was the one day that really, but then, as I said, you kind of get, that's what I'm saying, it becomes so normalised that that was, as I said, I've been shot at more times than I've had birthday parties. That was not the first time or the last time I was shot at, you know? So how did so you that, get out of there alive? Yeah, listen, if I, for my story, this is why I believe in the more. This is why I am, I do have a spiritual essence about me and I believe in the intangible, you know, mm. because I should be dead, like, mm. genuinely, so much so that I actually got a book coming out called Mr. Should Be Dead, I literally have been cut on my face, stabbed in my chest, butchered in my back, shot at several times, sit by single pops, automatics, close range, long range house has been petrol bombed, you know, it's just like, you know, and that's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was a mess. I want to ask you how bad you think the current situation is. Yeah. Is it is it worse now than it's ever been? Yeah, it is worse. You know, um, I came from an estate which was had notoriety mm. for its violence. Yeah, um, especially its gang conflict, and that in a way back then was to the degree of which it was. It gained notoriety because it wasn't common practice on every estate in London. You know, things was happening everywhere, mm -hmm. but maybe not to that degree. So it was exclusive, you know, 
level of exclusivity now it's not exclusive that is i mean that's happening everywhere the cause is the cause is a broken system you know and gangsterism is a byproduct of a bro gangs are created when there are those that are excluded whether it be through them being exclusive Bulling them boys club or whether it be that they are um excluded because of poverty or because of gender or because of you know ethnicity or whatever it is you know you tend to band together for survival it's a coping you know is it easy to carry out those acts does it change you does it taint you does it stain you you know absolutely you know um were they carrying that knife out of fear or was it a fashion statement or you know if it's fear then like maybe like usually victims are afraid (laughs) you know so if it is rooted in fear then maybe there is a level of you know that level that on some level they are a victim you know and and myself like i always say you never escape like myself i have today i i I tend to kind of use particular vocabulary but for the sake of this I will say just so that the truth can actually I suffer today yeah I suffer from PTSD absolutely absolutely I can't have a certain figure pass me and then repass me I mean like happened to me on the platform this morning I can't see maybe a certain a certain proximity to me and maybe it might have a hood on mm. you know sorry about it they might have a hood on and um if they pass me and then pass back quite quickly i will yeah antennas will be all the way up i mean you're now a father of a son you I know, know I mean, which is by the way incredible Thank you so much. i mean it's you know you. your whole face just lights <laughs> up the mere mention of I him Little lion, love it. I love him. Oh my God. Yeah, how, no, how, how has so that real. changed you? How is that taking you on another level? I mean, clarity. Wow. I just always, uh, yeah, they ask me and I say clarity. Yeah. You know, um, just, you know, he's a great sieve. You know, he's, I think my discernment is a, a lot better because of mm. him. You know, I'm able to actually know where I should invest my energy. You know, and it is more about making sure that tomorrow for him is better. Mm. And not just financially. That's probably quite low on the list. Mm. Very important, you know, but quite low on the list. Mm. Like, I want tomorrow to be better in terms of, you know, how he feels, Mm. you know, occupying a space in in England and, Mm. you know, in London. Listen, I certainly have a fear now that I never had before as a parent yeah. Yeah, you know, you worry about the world you oh, live in and see it in such a different way when, you, yeah, when you've yeah, got I kids fear now. I didn't know fear before mm. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm afraid now mm. <laughs> yeah absolutely I am you know love now in a way I you didn't know, know before I mean, in a totally different way you know like he's yeah he's definitely just him being here mm. has subpoenaed more from me yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I mean, it is, and not even even if he, by the grace of God, won't ever be the case. But let's say, yeah, he's gonna live, flourish, die of old age. Yeah. Um. To know that someone else has had to bury their son, mm. I didn't really know what that was. 
now I've got a son. I'm like, my days. Mm. Having to bury your son. Like you put maybe his first school uniform on him. Took him to, I mean, this is a bit much. Mm. This is like, we definitely shouldn't just see it as names in a headline. Like this is somebody's mm. child, you know. Listen, I know there's going to be lots of people listening who will want to hear more from you. I mean, I want to hear more from you. <laughs> where, where can they hear more? Tell us a bit more about the book, what yeah. other projects you've got coming yeah. up, because you're doing some amazing oh, things. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, you know, it's so social media is now the beast that we all have to, yeah. <laughs> to work with. I was actually quite hesitant with the socials, but I actually, I'm a, I'm a fan now. Mm. I see that it's just, you know, it's a change that, you know, can be used, you know. And so, yeah, definitely Instagram. Um, I'm there at Carl with a K K A R L underscore Loco L O K K O, um, and I I tend to post in my captions. It's kind of like I'd say micro blogging, mm. you know. And I also doing like five offline events a year. So if they f- follow me on socials, they'll be aware of it. The next one being a uh, poetry night in the club that we're in at the moment. Um, just tell us. Um, how the poetry helps you and and how it kind of connects with others because I've heard you I kind of quite like you to do a little bit at the end of this podcast how do you feel about that do you yes come on come on gotta end on a high because we've talked about some pretty heavy shit (laughs) so um, so just tell me how it helps you first of all and then just pick a lovely little piece that you can close this off with poetry for me is the ambiguity of it you know, I wasn't actually afforded the luxury of being able to speak my truth on different levels, you know, so I was able to, um, yeah, hide pain in those words, you know, and anything that comes from the heart goes to the heart. It's just kind of this textbook, you know, so, yeah, and I've always loved words. I love the fact that sound can have meaning, you know, and it can just convey an emotion and an emotion can move someone. You know, I just... For me, I'm yeah, I'm just fascinated with it. So any opportunity I get to share it, I tend to take it. Here's yeah. your opportunity. <laughs> Come on, I put you on the spot here. But yeah. is there one verse or some poem that you can oh, go yeah. to and that you think will resonate with everyone listening? Maybe shade and light. Shade and light. Finish on yeah? light. All right, cool. Always. Yeah. Um, you have to be cruel to be kind. I've seen some be cruel to be cruel, but me. I, I was cruel to be kind. My mind, my mind. I question whether my mind was mine for. I was living to kill, killing to live, emotionally bankrupt without a shilling to give. No pity to borrow for this city was hollow. So his footsteps I followed. I walked, no, no, we walked. From today to tomorrow. Emotionally bankrupt without a shilling to give. Living to kill. Killing to live. Heart cold. Heart cold. So cold it stayed cold for it had been in his fridge. Right next to that ketchup jar filled with blood. Blood more red than pain. Blood more lost in gain. Blood down that London drain. From the womb to the bosom, I was filled with love, love, nurture, nurture. But then that nurture was murdered. My demons were fervent for I believed the lie, but but she was dressed in truth. And she looked amazing. Complexion fair, 
robed in honesty. So I allowed her to climb on top of me, but just to kiss. But then she coughed my hands and unzipped my zip and sweet. So sweet was the poison that dripped from her lip. So now my mind is pregnant with ill intent for it has been raped by lies. So I shoot and I stab. And the place I was stood has now been taped by lines. The pain that I've seen makes me hate my eyes. But I had to be cruel to be kind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I held my breath for all of that. That was beautiful. Oh my God, Carl. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.